0: Good afternoon. Welcome to KASB Live on Friday, February 22nd. Uh, Rob Gilligan alongside my colleagues. Leah Flighter. Scott Rothschild. Uh, you may notice we are absent. One of our team members, uh, our fearless leader, Mr. Mark Tolman, uh, out on, on a sick day today as he nurses a cold, uh, but most likely is blogging from home, and we'll have some great information to share with you next week. Uh, so... Uh, a somewhat active week, though though it seemed like some of the activity kind of faded away towards the end of it as we wrap up uh, the first part of session. Uh, continues to wrap up with Monday being the last day for committees to meet uh, before a couple days on the floor and turn around this coming Thursday. Uh, before we kind of get into the, the line-by-line action this week, any thoughts on what we saw this week as we're kind of wrapping up the first phase of KS Ledge 2019?
1: Seems seemed like a lot of frantic activity. As you kind of alluded to just now, but then at the end, it was like, okay, all these bills that we've been scrupulously following, maybe, they, maybe they'll do something? Probably not. So that, it's been very interesting to watch.
0: Out from the outside, Scott. Anything?
2: Well, you hear? yeah, and, I, and obviously, I guess it's just like every session. You know, there there is this kind of rush toward turnaround, and but the the heavy lifting and
0: the important stuff is going to happen after yeah. after turnaround. Good deal. Well, I would say from from our perspective, we were probably more active providing testimony this yes. week than we had mm-hmm. uh, in previous weeks, uh, and, and some activity. And we really got started on Monday. Uh, Leah started Monday afternoon. So let's go ahead and start at the top of our list of of some bills and activities yeah. that we saw.
1: Yeah, I testified on Monday on um, House Bill 2233, which was uh, providing a $500 stipend for teachers to buy classroom supplies, and uh, we testified against that. Now, before you say KSB, why do you hate teachers? Uh, we don't hate teachers, and in fact, uh, KNEA also testified in opposition to this bill uh, for a couple of reasons. It's uh, for KSB, you know, this is. Uh, clear usurpation of local control it was telling us how to how to spend our money how to make those budgeting decisions and um, it's also outside of our negotiated agreements that we have with our staff but it's also uh, a key thing to note here is that there was no additional appropriation for that from the legislature so this is five hundred dollars per teacher that you would take out of your general fund and would not be replaced by the state. So that's a big budget hit for folks. It's also, it was somewhat problematic. A lot of it was um, supplies that are consumables. So if it's something that lasts longer than a year, you know you're, the teacher could not spend money on that. So there was a, there were a number of issues with that. Our suggestion was, if you are pursuing the laudable goal of giving teachers a raise, then let's put that $15, 17000000 million, let's put that in the base and let the school boards give that two teachers as a race so we testified in opposition and others did as well so uh that was uh that was the testimony on that bill
0: Good deal. And, and, and of course, that bill is still, of course, in the committee. They did not work it yet. They did so not. So eligible to come out on Monday, Monday if they go Monday in. Monday
1: will be the big day in House Ed. Uh, what, uh, what the committees can do is Monday is the day when if they're going to push something out of committee onto the floor, Monday's the day. So House Ed will have several bills that it will at least be eligible for action.
0: Right on. Uh, also Monday afternoon, I was in House Judiciary Committee, our first time to be in front of the Judiciary Committee this year. While they have been active, not a lot of education related activity. They did have a hearing on Recording and providing available uh, all meetings that are required under COMA to be open to the public, and so uh, this bill, with with a goal obviously of transparency and openness and accessibility for meetings, though it was pretty broad, we we testified in opposition, as did the League of uh, Municipalities, the counties, and other organizations, including some state agencies that were neutral but concerned of the onerous. Uh, Discussing with the committee chair, this isn't scheduled for action anytime soon. But of course, the Judiciary Committee will be meeting through the rest of the session. So it's not required to get out before first adjournment or, or before turnaround. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that there. But uh, our opposition to that being it would be pretty complicated and uh, could be financially expensive if we had to record and make available every meeting that is that falls under the Kansas Open Meetings Act Uh for for members, so that activity, but not much to be going on there. Uh, Scott, uh, Mark testified earlier this week in the Senate Education Committee mm-hmm. on SB forty-seven. What what's going on with that?
2: Okay, well, uh, Senate Bill forty-seven, kind of an interesting concept. Uh, if you graduate high school a year early, a year earlier than your peers, basically, if you skip a grade, uh, you would be the the, the base state aid would follow you to a post-secondary institution. So you would get a scholarship. And uh, this has been done in in some states. Uh, I think the fiscal note on this bill said if it had been law, it would have applied to about 300 students across the state. Uh, so this was a, uh, a bill that uh, KSB uh, testified in favor of, uh, just to show we're not against everything. <laughs> and uh, I think maybe that caused the, the committee some pause. <laughs> and uh, so they, they pulled back on the bill. Uh, they, it was scheduled for a vote at some point during the week. But they pulled back. It hasn't been voted on. I think there were some concerns about the funding and and how it would be implemented. But uh, so uh, Senate Bill 47 uh, is still in committee. And uh, I guess Monday it could come out again. But it, it just seemed
0: kind of iffy. So not a lot of activity possibly there that we'll see. Uh, looks like then we moved on. Uh, Scott, you had some, some information oh, yeah. potentially about SB 128 as well.
2: Well, SB 128, uh, as you all probably remember, uh, the legislature last year put a proviso in the bill that required 16 uh, safety drills, nine of which are crisis or kind of intruder alert drills, and that sort of caught everyone by surprise uh... it was a lot more drills uh... than what uh, especially on the intruder side than what had been previously prescribed so this bill uh... would uh... basically re- uh, It calls for four fire drills, three crisis drills, and two tornado drills. And uh, it was agreed to by a lot of the school districts, by the fire marshal's office. Everyone seemed to think this was a reasonable compromise and a reasonable mix of drills. Uh, And uh, so the committee voted that out, and and, uh, it is set up, I guess, for possible action uh, before the full Senate good deal uh
0: the senate uh, education committee also took up sb 148 this bill was about competitive bidding and would restrict restrict school districts from specifying proprietary technologies in construction either materials or or fastening and ways you put this in uh, we testified in opposition to this bill there were only two conferees on this bill and uh the conferee that was in proponency the 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 company that had asked for the introduction of this bill, in fact, uh, was mainly focused on roofing issues and did say to the committee that after reading our, our op- op- opponent testimony, they would not be opposed to limiting the scope of this bill to only roofing materials. And so uh, that was kind of where the conversation was left after the hearing on Tuesday. It was originally scheduled to be discussed uh, for possible action on Thursday, but that was canceled. So we'll keep an eye on Monday to see if they potentially bring it up, uh, if this item will come forward but uh, we of course shared that we thought it would be concerning to limit the uh, the authority of the local school board in determining what best fit their needs for construction projects either new or remodeling
2: well and this seemed to be a dispute between one company and one school district and i think maybe some of the committee members were kind of wondering why
0: why do we need a state law to address that you bet Pretty good activity there. Now, obviously, this week was pretty active in one specific area. We saw three different bills dealing with uh, the concept of bullying and bullying behavior uh, to make sure that we get our our terminology correct. Leah kind of led the charge for KSB. I'll (laughs) let you talk about those three bills.
1: Yeah, we started off the week with testimony on House Bill 2150, which was a bill that would give a voucher to a student who uh, witnessed or reported Bullying, mm-hmm. uh, They could take a voucher and go to another public school or to a private school, which, you know, if you have a voucher, you're going to go to a, a private school because that involves actual tuition money. Um, and it was an interesting kind of bill because it wasn't that you were the victim of bullying. It was just if you observed it or even reported it, mm-hmm. you could get the voucher. So theoretically, even the bully could or the person exhibiting bullying behavior could uh, self-report and get a voucher to leave their school. So there, were, there was a number of issues with this bill. So we uh, we testified against. as did a number of other folks. Then we had a 2257, which is a bill that we testified in favor of. Uh, it talks about uh, districts having bullying prevention policies, mm-hmm. having complaint procedures and and uh, being a little more transparent about what those are where where parents can access them. Now you may be saying to yourself, Well, we already have these policies we already that 's already required uh, has been for more than a decade in state law. That's true. However, uh, you know, we all know that uh, allegations of bullying continue to be made, that and an actual events continue to happen in spite of all of our best efforts. You know, we have a number of, of parents and students who feel that not enough being done, and we can protest to the heavens that, no, we have those policies. We don't need to change it you know, perhaps it's time for us to take a look at it again. And so there was another bill that was introduced at around the same time, House Bill 2330, Mm -hmm. that was a little more prescriptive as far as timelines for reporting uh, an alleged incident. That was something that was a little more restrictive, and we did testify against that bill. And uh, what we're hearing towards the end of the week is that it's – seem to be increasingly likely that the legislature and the state board will probably come together and work around um, establishing some sort of effort, probably along the lines of a task force, uh, modeled along the lines of, of what I think most folks would say was a very successful dyslexia task force that was established by last year's legislature. To uh, hopefully, you know, bring in uh, school boards, superintendents, parent advocates, uh, attorneys, uh, other folks to get together, talk about what we're doing about bullying, what more could be done, and what are you know even how, how do we address some of the societal influences that that I think you know could be driving some of these increases in bullying and uh, and problems with student mental. And emotional health and behavior. So uh, that's where we stand at this point. Uh, those bills could theoretically be heard yet again and, and pushed out um, next week. But I, what we what we think is going to be happening is is going to be something along the lines of a task force.
0: Good deal. Some inter- some interesting opportunities yeah. and some really good conversations. I think yes. in both in both committees. The, I did find it intriguing though that they had had structured two separate bills. Uh, relating to bullying behavior and one was taken into the k-12 budget committee one went into the house education committee yes. and so you choose two, yeah, two, two and separate the, committees the legislators
1: were kind of confused wait a minute why are we talking about it and you guys are too and and there's some overlapping members of those committees but they're not identical and so yeah i think everybody realized wait a minute let's all kind of work together and not not be dividing our efforts
0: some good conversations. Scott, really two different things related to this week we saw some activity uh, in the actual Chambers, the committees of the whole, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, related to CAPERS. First, 2197, uh, the House did some action, and then, of course, uh, Senate or, or Senate Bill 9, which we saw action in last week in the Senate, and then was over in the House. So you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with CAPERS? Well, uh, <laughs> Senate Bill 9
2: um, uh, allocates $115 million in state general funding to the school group of, of CAPERS. This is to make up for a mispayment, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, and uh, it was approved, uh, I believe, in the Senate, forty to nothing, and it was approved, I believe, in the House today, one seventeen to nothing. And I think I see veto-proof margins in those <laughs> in those numbers. So you know, this is going to the governor's desk. It was not included in her budget, I don't believe, and so uh, uh, obviously uh, this is uh, uh, a, a proposal that the legislature feels is important. It was not in the governor's proposal. It would, of course, reduce the ending balance by a similar amount, which, uh, of course, affects uh, all the other discussions about all the other things that need money, including schools. So, uh, so that's on the governor's desk. There was a vote in the House on the governor's CAPER's re or refinancing mm-hmm. plan, and uh, this, uh, it, it failed, uh, but it is still kind of hanging around. This is something the governor wants. Um, she wants to refinance CAPERS. It provides a lot more state journal funding uh, in, the, in the next few years. Of course, it increases the liability in the out years. Uh, the Republican-dominated legislature, I don't, I don't think, wants anything to do with this. So... She's got a bill on her desk to spend 115 million dollars to make up a mispayment. Her plan for reamortization or refinancing of Capers appears to be in doubt at this
0: point. So, so one of the things I think is probably interesting, like you had mentioned, the governor didn't have in her budget the plan to repay the 115 million dollars mm-hmm. that delayed payment from 16 uh, plus interest is mm-hmm. is that total um, there? But uh, a lot of the legislature this week in pointing their support for it said this will be the first time since reamortization of of CAPERS was adopted in 1993 that we've actually made the actuarial payment right. that was need to make not just a statutory payment. It's funny. I I th- sit there and think about it. In 1993, you may have been in
1: I was D.C. Alive. I was alive. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Living on the East yeah. Coast.
0: Scott was probably in Texas, and, and I was yeah. the uh, <clears throat> second string right guard for the Emporia Middle School <laughs> Viking football team. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's been a long time since uh, since we've made that actual payment, and and I think that'll be a, a positive thing. Uh, moving in the right direction, as someone pointed out, it's the first time that we're working towards the principal and not just it's the interest
1: That's
0: Well, one of the things that has become an important conversation, especially related to the governor's budget, uh, has been SB 22. This is, of course, the global tax cut bill. We've been talking about this for about four weeks now. Mm -hmm. The Senate was really focused on this. In fact, a special subcommittee was formed just to deal with this certain bill passed out of the Senate with 26 votes, not veto proof. Mm -hmm. But of course, you're pretty close to that 27, that magic number for veto proof, has now been in the House Taxation Committee. They had two days of hearing. Mark. On behalf of KASB Testified in opposition to this bill With specific concerns Related to the availability of revenue To solve the Gannon situation uh, The bill's had many different names Many different <laughs> phrases Of course has a lot of issues uh, It is now available for the House Taxation Committee To take up and, and move out of, of activity that they may Still do on Monday uh, but, but nothing has been declared so far uh, Some concerns Thoughts on how this plays out uh, and what happens, knowing where the governor stands on this and what piece this may play politically over the course of the next five weeks of the legislature?
1: Well, you know, there's usually some sort of trade-offs that are offered. So does, you know, does the governor say, well, I'll give you your tax cut if you give me school finance or I'll give you the tax cut if you give me Medicaid expansion? So, you know, it's a horse trading game all the way through. And so um, this will no, no doubt uh, be be something that will continue to be talked about?
2: Well, and I think, uh, you know, one of the major proponents of this uh, tax cut was Senate President Susan Weigel. She's considering a run for the U.S. Senate. And uh, obviously, uh, this, uh, I I would think she would think that this would help her in any kind of uh, statewide run. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of politics involved in this. Uh, I read an interesting uh, editorial, I think it was in the Topeka Capital Journal, about well, why don't we break this in two? Because a portion of this bill would apply to people who are, you know, would be able to itemize under the new uh, federal system. And uh, while about three-fourths of this bill deals with a corporate tax cut. So why not separate the two and, you know, study, study the one a little further and, and, and give uh, those who can itemize uh, that break. But, yeah, I think it's going to be, like you say, horse trading to the end.
0: Some interesting opportunities there that could be uh, could be affected. I, I like you pointing out the uh, the impact that the potential open seat uh, in the in the federal uh, our federal offices for the Senate has. Uh, of course, the announcement yesterday from Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, former Congressman okay. from Kansas, that he is not entertaining a run for that seat, really kind of opens the door for some even more significant push and and positioning. Lots of state Republicans (laughs) probably starting to try and account to see where they can find the support and the money to make that run for a federal seat. So that will be an intriguing impact on this. Scott, you've been following a lot of our uh, community health issues related to uh, mental health and children care initiative. There was a a hearing uh, just on Wednesday uh, in Children and Seniors Committee. What was going on there? Well, this is
2: uh, House Bill 2361. Uh, It deals with the Communities That Care survey. Uh, a couple of years ago, we uh, shifted the, this, the, the Communities That Care Survey. This is a survey that is uh, available to students. It asks a lot of questions about behaviors. I mean, uh, I, I looked at it the other day. It's, you know, do you smoke cigarettes or when did you do any of your friends, uh, you know, do drugs and things like that? And it helps. It helps communities uh, determine, and these are anonymous surveys, and it helps communities determine, you know, what what areas do they need to look at, you know, where, where do we have some or do we have gang problems, you know, that kind of thing. Well, a few years ago, uh, this became an opt-in uh, survey. You had to you had to uh, voluntarily go and say, I will take this survey, whereas before. You just took the survey, and if you did have, if your parents or, or you had some uh, uh, problem with it, you could opt out. 2361 makes it out. And since that happened, the uh, participation in the survey has drastically decreased, and that mental health providers are saying that's not a good thing. So uh, this bill would make it opt out again. And uh, if I don't have my, my yep, terminology yep, mixed good. up. So it would make it opt out again, and it was heard in, uh, tw- in uh, House children and seniors. I believe we testified in favor of it, uh, and,
0: uh, it but it has not had a vote yet. So one of the things that we'll want to keep an eye out, maybe some activity that we'll see on Monday, uh, related to this. Obviously, I think you know uh, Scott pointed out some important thing. This was brought up last fall during the Attorney General's Suicide Task Force. I know Leah attended right. some of those meetings. Mm-hmm. I attended some of those meetings. Uh, that this is is a a tool that yeah. allows us to keep an eye right. on things, and so it, it should be more effective like it used to be. Yeah. So
2: the yeah. opposition to it is there are some people who think that the the uh, the survey is too intrusive. And, and things mm-hmm. like that. Good deal.
0: Well, Leah, uh, Senator from your area has, right. has been doing some work on behalf That's of school right. boards and trying and, to fix uh, a few things. Tell yeah. us about sp 7. Yeah,
1: Senator Tom Hawk introduced uh, Senate Bill 7, which uh, gives school boards the option to elect their officers in July, which we do now, in January when a new board takes office, or at any other time as determined by the school board at their early organizational meetings. Uh, as many of you remember, school boards used to be elected in April and took office in July, and uh, it became enshrined in statute that you would elect your board your board officers, vice president and president at your first kind of organizational meeting in July, when school board and city commission elections were moved to november of odd numbered years a few years ago the statute was not changed to to address school boards electing their officers and and for some boards it wasn't a problem you know having a new board come in in january and not elect their officers until july but for others it was uh we testified as neutral on the bill because we did not have a consistent uh, policy from our members as to the specific date of of those school board officer elections. But uh, the bill was amended um, at Senator Hawke's uh, consent to to give school boards the local control, the local flexibility that we appreciate. And so uh, this now says that you can uh, you can adopt you can. Elect your officers um, At a date that is best suited To your board and so uh, It was uh, passed out of Committee and uh, looks like it will go to The full senate uh, pretty soon in the next few days, we hope.
0: Yeah, sitting on general orders, so as long as they move it above the line, or, or I guess right. the line is the House side, but mm-hmm. put it put it on the uh, the schedule, uh, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, or possibly right. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Some activity. Now, you also had the joy of sitting into a Commerce yes. meeting now uh, this week, yes. and joined by some of our team from Risk yes. Management.
1: Yeah, there was a bill um, that was uh, scheduled to be heard, and it, uh, we for a little bit we were a little worried that we were going to lose the day to deer tags, but that's a whole other <laughs> story. Uh, but it's um, House Bill twenty. 2354 that uh, discusses uh, covering for the purposes of insurance covering students high school students who are doing on-the-job apprentices or shadowing or training you know sometimes uh, businesses would like to be able to offer those activities or opportunities to our kids but they're concerned about liability if the if the child gets hurt or uh, if there's some other issue that comes up and so um, Representative Sean Tarwater uh, introduced the bill. He was—he's the committee chair. He noted that this issue has come up with the governor's education council, and his intent was to have the bill say that you know if—if if students are doing apprenticeships, uh, they and and uh, need some coverage. It, goes under the school board or the school district's liability insurance, but uh, there was something of a drafting error, and it it was going to end up taking it out of workers' comp, which could really drive up workers' comp rates. And so uh, Rod Spangler and Liz Clark from our risk management division... uh, came along to them hearing the other day, uh, discussed some of our concerns uh, with Chairman Tarwater, and he was really appreciative of that. And uh, I think they are going to do make some changes uh, before the bill is, is worked and heard. So it was a good opportunity for not just us, uh, our, us regular statehouse denizens, but for, uh, for our risk management folks to come in and, and give some input and hopefully improve the situation for everyone.
0: And, and, and probably a good issue to take up is, as we work through the Kansans Can vision. That's right. and, and, yeah. and Attempt to build a stronger relationship between business and uh, and and schools. The last thing we want to do is have some fights over who pays for the insurance.
1: Right? Yeah. 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 You know, we we embrace CTE. It's important. How do we How do we make this work better for everybody? You
0: bet. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. great that uh, the chairman Tarwater from that committee is kind of leading that charge to yeah. to help this and, and taking that that opportunity. So I, I had the opportunity to testify this past week uh, on two different pieces of legislation, or or the week and the week before, actually uh, that would require new courses for graduation requirement, though it changed just a little bit. So we've discussed in the past the financial literacy requirement. That bill uh, was 2166 that we discussed last week. This week we also uh, reviewed 2183, which would require computer courses for graduation requirement. That changed about 10 minutes before the committee meeting when a substitute bill uh, was uh, presented as a potential discussion point that would make computer courses uh, computer science class eligible to substitute for a math or science requirement in graduation. Uh, we maintained our opposition position as well as USA, Kansas and KSSA and any KNEA uh, with concerns that this is really more of a responsibility of the state board. And we hadn't looked at all the potential impacts and ramifications of what this could possibly be. Uh, I thought I was reading Twitter today and I saw a good post uh, from uh, an individual that follows the KS ledge, uh, um, Twitter feed, Levi, he said, as a computer science person, I do know that while it sounds great to substitute a math class to get a computer science class if you're more interested, if you want your computer science degree, you still need to pass calculus. Mm. <laughs> so you kind of need those math classes in high school, and it's important there. So that conversation will continue. As note, on Thursday, they did take up um, a committee vote on SB or HB 2166 financial literacy, the chair did offer a balloon amendment, as I understand, that would change that from a graduation requirement to a substitute for a graduation requirement, mm-hmm. uh, but the committee did, did vote that bill down or That's did correct. not vote to move it out of committee, right. I should say, well, by a vote of 5 to 10. So that bill is still in committee, could still be worked again and discussed, but it didn't look like the committee was confident that, that was action that needed to be taken. So, uh, so then, of course, that led into... An interesting conversation and some testimony yesterday yeah, in house education. Yeah.
1: So uh, KSB testified yesterday in opposition to 2288, which would have uh, established the Kansas Student and Teacher Freedom of Religious Expression Act. And what the what the bill attempted to say, which unfortunately is really not true, although it's probably fortunate as well, was you know trying to contend that students and teachers don't have any rights to religious expression at school. And so we walked through how uh, they actually do. There are freedom of speech and freedom of religion protections that are established by both the United States Constitution and the Kansas Constitution, and uh, that school districts actually do a pretty good job of respecting student religious speech at appropriate times. Uh, but this bill was really uh, sort of a broad brush bill that really didn't. Uh, um, recognize, you know, the realities of the legal protections that are already in place in Kansas schools, it probably, I would say, would almost guarantee a number of lawsuits by different advocacy groups should it be enacted. And so uh, we appeared in opposition, as did KNEA and the Mainstream Coalition. And uh, there, was, uh, there were two uh, proponents, the bill sponsor and the organization, the Family Policy Alliance of Kansas. So um, there was no action taken on the bill yesterday, so it still um, is available to be worked on Monday as well.
0: So lots of different things. that could be worked Monday. Monday, of course, like we said, the last day that these committees meet uh, before we have a few days of floor activity and then head to turn around where we get a nice, long five-day break, including (laughs) the weekend uh, from legislative activity. Now, we do have four bills on our list of things that we're kind of keeping an eye on, some activity. I put on there House Bill 20-2006. This bill is an Economic Development Transparency Bill. This came out of the House Commerce Committee, Mm -hmm. uh, requested by Representative Williams. This Require the Department of Commerce to create a database that is publicly accessible to see all economic development incentives related to tax abatements, uh, tax giveaways, uh, tax credits for economic development. Uh, keep an eye on it, something for us to keep an eye on. We'll certainly keep you updated on this because, of course, uh, you know, school district uh, uh, mill levies can be abated in certain instances, though the capital outlay mill levy was put into our our, our previous uh, school funding bills as one that cannot be abated for local issues. So one that is kind of protected now a little bit more than it has in the past. Some activity there. Uh, Leah, you also were keeping an eye on, you put us to keep an eye on SB 16.
1: Yes, uh, SB-16 has the very exciting title of At-Risk Qualifying Expenditures. And what that is, is uh, it was a bill, the original proposal would have specified that the JAG-K program, that's Jobs for America's Graduates Kansas a program, which um, does a very good job of assisting at-risk students and helping them finish high school and get into careers and post-secondary, it would have specifically Uh, Noted that program and called it out as something that would receive appropriation from the state. It currently gets its funding from TANF uh, dollars and um, so uh, we testified against the original version of the bill because you know we feel like you uh, just continuing to enumerate specific programs like program ABC as sort of good programs as the years go by, that tends to to give the impression that those are the only programs that are, that are eligible for appropriation. So the bill was amended uh, by the committee, uh, the Senate committee, to also include boys and girls clubs uh, because that's another in school uh, in school operation, and so that's another one that will be qualified to be uh, worked. This coming week
0: So in effect though It doesn't necessarily Change anything Right It doesn't allocate Any money Right It just identifies Those two programs And the community And schools program That was identified Last year As examples of programs That at risk funding Could be used for Right Of which all those Are programs That schools currently Do use at risk funds for So not a lot of change Other than requiring The state board To review What their qualifying Requirements for at risk Funding are And make that list available Um, Interesting Scott, twenty-one hundred three, making changes to child welfare. What was what? Tell us well, about that bill. This, uh,
2: this is kind of an under the radar bill, but it's one that child welfare advocates are really pushing uh, for. And uh, what it would do is it would amend the Kansas Code for the Care of Children. Uh, to enable the state to meet the requirements of the federal Family First Preservation Act. And this would allow the state to draw down more federal funds for these kinds of prevention programs that keep families together. So it's something... Uh, that uh, uh, the advocates there's been a lot of work on child welfare uh, over the interim uh, because of a lot of difficulties that we've had in kansas and uh, this is uh, seen as something that would enable the state to draw down some really important federal funds to get some community prevention services in place so it was passed, uh, uh, I, I believe it was, it was, it can, yeah, it passed out of the House Children and Seniors uh, Committee
0: and is on general orders in the House. So once again, available for activity this week as we mm-hmm. go to turnaround. The last bill we have on our list to keep track of, HB 2136, uh, is a bill that would, uh, on municipality vacancies, so school boards, uh, cities, counties, things like that, that, that would restrict you from resigning. Uh, From an elected position to be reappointed to a longer term of an elected position. So we are in an election year for local school boards. So if you are thinking of (laughs) resigning your term that ends up, that ends in January of next year, just to be reappointed to one that goes two years longer. Let's not do Don't that. Do but that. this bill <laughs> would restrict you from doing that. So uh, that bill is moved out of committee uh, and is available for general orders as well. So that kind of goes through, I thought, interesting, really only about yeah. 22, 23 different bills that we're keeping an eye on. And probably somewhere around 8 to 10 of them that will actually be available on general orders for action during turnaround. Uh, anything, any, any highlights or thoughts you want to share as we go into that?
2: Well, I just Mondays going to be a busy day yeah. and, and I you know I advise everyone to uh, keep following us on social media and uh, to see what comes out of committee of course floor action just about
0: anything can happen there can be amendments and things like that that mm-hmm. we have to watch out for so uh, so of course Monday that is uh, final committee day activity there'll be very limited action probably uh, as in the committees of the whole both the house and the Senate on Monday Tuesday and Wednesday floor day action all day and then Thursday Thursday, final day turnaround, and we'll probably bring you our end of the week KSB live early on Thursday uh, because really the activity will be done. There's no reason to wait a whole day to give you all the exciting news.
1: <laughs> you know what? I want to give a quick shout out. It was a busy week in the committees, and it's going to busy be a busy day on Monday. I just want to give a quick shout out to the committee assistants who have to oh, wrangle yeah. all of this testimony. And some of these hearings are scheduled with less than 24 hours' notice sometimes because, mm-hmm. uh oh, the deadline's coming. We got to get these bills. They they wrangle the testimony. They get us all where we need to be. So the people that I personally have worked with this week, uh, Phyllis and Deborah, and I know Amy and the Senate side, and then you all have, you know, worked with some of the other committees that aren't specifically education related. But so they've done a great job this week. So the thanks to
0: all heroes, of them. They yeah. are the
1: unsung heroes of the state legislature.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. Any final thoughts that we should share with our? Uh our uh viewers i know it's, it is only 105 mr tallman is probably at home watching us live <laughs> hello mr tallman and uh oh we got a comment from him. And, and and uh we we may be able to wrap this up early but uh anything else we want to share well we hope uh, mark's back next week that's right all right
1: watch well. out for the snow this weekend that's those right. of you who are in the track of the be storm careful. be careful and we'll see you next week
0: all right. Well, with no further ado, that's the scoop. That's the information. At least that's all that we know about. <laughs> Tune in next week as we'll give you more updates. We, of course, will be live on Facebook each day with kind of an in a day recap. And at KSB.org under the advocacy tab, you can see this list of bills and more. And, of course, weekly cap and counter. Thanks. For tuning in. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Avoid the snow.